from having passion for films to being the founder of the largest film festival in Asia with more than 65000 participants from 40 different countries each year he's come a long way dedicated towards his work for the past 11 years india film project is an international brand now today we have with us pritam bhatnakar who's a youth icon for everyone struggling to take their startup beyond the mark let's welcome him Hi Ritam, welcome to the Pod Piper. Hey Raman, so nice to be here. Same here man, same here. How are you? I am doing good. Thankfully, uh, just out of COVID, recovering right now. Uh, you you had COVID, COVID fatigue. Yeah, yeah, there has been some post-COVID fatigue that I am going through. So I recovered two months back, but the fatigue still doesn't go away. Okay, okay. So Ritam, my first question to you would be, you know. how did you come across india film project where did you get this idea what is it about just the okay. i think so um, uh, the entire idea of india film project comes from a very very genuine and probably the uh, most initial seed of uh, being humans that we can create right? right humans are creators we could create wheel we could create fire we could create uh, our homes shelter farming we could create right and that's how we as a species got differentiated than what other species were doing uh, so if you see the major difference between us and every other living species it's the, just that we can create much more efficiently much more differently and for almost 95% of the time that human race has been on this planet we had been creating it's only since last couple of years that we start couple of decades or couple of centuries that we started uh, you know consuming more than creating and uh, we reached the point wherein so for example if you just take uh, uh, say films as a uh, as a platform uh, probably in 2000 if you take just indian cinema in context we ha- hardly had 30 40 50 directors who were creating content for 120 crore indians right. you know what kind of ratio is that Right. just look at it you know 50 100 200 500 1000 influential people creating content for 120 crore people it doesn't uh, match because the kind of stories that are going to come out are never going to be realistic stories right. those people are going to live in their bubble and create things so the films that we saw before 2010 era were more of stories that were created inside head they were not realized stories right it's only since last 10 years that we have started seeing the kind of content that is relatable beat ott beat films so um, the entire germ that i had since childhood was that why aren't we creating why aren't why are we always consuming why am i always reading a book why am i not writing a book why am i, I always on the other side of it and i think that germ kept on developing until a point wherein i was uh, working with a film festival before this and i realized that uh, more than 1000 plus filmmakers that i worked with everyone had a dream everyone had a vision no platform that could get people across a lot of students who wanted to become filmmakers but everyone ended up becoming doctor or engineer so this is 2010 i am talking about when things were still not open right it's been 11 years i think for the indian film project right right so that's how uh, we started with this entire idea of getting people together uh, over a weekend Uh, getting them to collaborate with new faces and giving them a task that they accomplish together so that's how it started as a 50 hour filmmaking challenge in the first year and over the next 3 years we grew into a annual festival that used to happen across uh, with uh, multiple challenges coming in uh, 2014 we went international which is our fourth year and 
for the first time we saw people from 11 countries participating in 2016 we moved the festival to bombay and that is where uh, we also introduced the festival leg to it which is the on ground part that we now do as well uh, by 2020 the festival uh, that we did we had 75000 people who participated across all the five challenges and the festival now just imagine bringing 75000 creative minds together each of them has got probably hundreds of stories with them to tell just that they use different formats to tell those stories someone is a poet someone is trying to communicate it through filmmaking someone is doing that through music uh, someone is doing the, that through design so we just started exploring and getting more and more creative people together uh, trying to probably bring more and more uh, collaborations together and that's how i think it kept on scaling uh, currently for last Five six years we have probably uh, ever since uh, we introduced the festival leg uh, to it we have become one of the largest festivals in the content domain across the world uh, there is no other festival that happens at such a huge magnitude that talks about okay, content openly yes thank you so much um, the idea still remains the same we want more and more people to create you know and for me a uh, creation is not a thing about that is limited to just people who are mass comm students or trying to become filmmakers no i remember 2014 or 2015 we had a team of 19 housewives who participated from kolkata and they created they made a film in 50a filmmaking challenge and this was probably the first time we saw non filmmakers participating and the the film that they made which is uh, i think it was the third or fourth runner up none of them had a knowledge of making a film but all of them used to watch a lot of content uh, back then a lot of bengali content they made a bengali film uh, short film and the output was such a lovely thing that came out probably i think i remember that instance very clearly because for the first time i realized that it, you don't need a degree you don't need a professional setup you don't need a formal education to become a creator that's It's a human instinct right so i've seen that entire movement happening and the way now we have started accepting creators since last 2 3 years the way people nowadays don't want to become a doctor or an engineer anymore they want to become a creator and it has become an aspirational thing to do because people realize that i have this whole bag of thoughts in my head and probably being a creator i might be able to express it in the best possible way right so that's how completely india film project works we are very creator centric we try to understand what creators are doing right now what their mindset is how can we enable them in reaching next level uh, uh, across so just because we wanted to be very uh, selfless in trying to reach out to creators helping them providing them resources solutions whatever uh, we from almost 600 people in the first year currently we are a community of close to 8 and a half lakh creators and uh, that's what we have achieved majorly that's a great achievement that's a very big achievement again congratulations on that thank you so much raman um i think you know uh, i think my next question would be related to anime i think anime is becoming so popular in our country right people have started to consume content which is anime related you right. have you've always been in the creative field so you know do you think anime is going to start being created in india at some point of time or uh, i'm not saying you know it's supposed to be like marvel or as big as the entire comic series that's there around the world but a breakthrough in our movies uh i'll answer it in two ways yes and no uh, are we going to create animes uh, i don't think so because anime is a very culturally rooted thing that is coming across right it is it's like how we produce chota beam they produce anime so we have got a very different yeah. sense of how cartoons <laughs> are uh, or how how uh, animated motion graphic works uh, in that zone 
so in terms of the kind of stories that they tell uh, those stories i don't think so we have uh, the capabilities to tell those kind of stories we have very different stories uh, in our uh, you know our cultural ecosystem as well in terms of technically if you are talking about producing yes and in fact if you know more than uh, 60% of total animation that happens across the world happens in india so india has one of the largest capabilities of animation right right we have got uh, we have got tata elixir and we've got uh, you know so many different uh, pixel and a lot of different uh, uh, animation houses who are based out of india uh, they are creating world quality content they are creating world quality vfx in fact a lot of marvel movies because you quoted marvel it just occurred to me that a lot of marvel movies uh, they get their vfx done in india right just that we don't do a lot of vfx for our own movies here but we have the capability to deliver that quality so technically yes uh, we have that capability uh, creatively probably no because we'll always be trying to tell stories that are more rooted about us so probably i might still expect a good version of panchatantra to come out of india i would still expect that to come but, but uh, uh, probably culturally i don't think so that we are going to tell those kind of stories uh, uh, once the anime comes into more mainstream i still understand it's an underground movement kind of a thing in india yeah. you know so few people there are a lot of people watching it a lot of people in my office who in fact watch this but uh, the way it needs to be publicly accepted or the critical threshold that needs to be achieved before uh, someone here starts creating that's going to take some more time the same also goes for kpop for example so not that we don't have our own uh, pop but we don't have a style of pop right now in india you know we have been creating of course a lot of pop music in fact probably highest amount of pop music anyone creates in the world is in india but uh, we still don't have our own style of how k pop has a very defined style right uh, so probably that will happen once we have that niche audience that evolves for it you know once more people start watching anime uh, more people would want to create their kind of content tell those kind of stories uh, there's a huge market for children <laughs> children animations in india you know so if you say uh why this this entire ghatoka and chota bheem and this entire thing picked up was because they realized that we don't have indian cartoons we usually have a lot of western references with cartoons so you can't make uh, always make people watch mickey mouse and donald duck and they were also costly to pro- probably uh, you know get the fees uh, paying the fees and getting them in india so this is where uh, a lot of people came across and said okay we have a huge audience of kids uh, they have got televisions in their home uh they if we can take up pick up a mythological character or if we pick up a uh, character that is close to our culture and create a story around it they might actually pick up well and chota beam is one of the largest franchises that has come out of it so uh, i'm of course not comparing anime to chota beam i'm just saying this is our way of telling stories that is their way of telling stories the uh, the overlap is of course uh, there in terms oh, of audiences but yes so we have the technical capabilities is at, at the end so if we decide that we want to so for example if tomorrow raman wants to create anime in india he can get the best production quality of anime but does raman think that india has enough audiences to even create something like this and put his time and energy into this uh, so that is i think the question to be asked okay so so say what are the three things or say five things you know you would want to adapt from the western culture when it comes to the indian film industry or the indian film project okay so if you're talking about indian film industry in three things we should be adapting from west so uh, before i answer that i think i am a very firm believer that we need to be whatever we are creating uh, we should not be comparing it to a particular industry right 
Indian. So, for example, uh, Turkish films are very different than what Indian or Hollywood films are. Right. Right. Uh, and Turkish is West to us. So it is also considered a Western film industry. French films are very different than what Indian films or Turkish films or American films are. Uh, if I, if we are specifically talking about American films, uh, probably what we can adapt uh, from them is uh, uh, the kind of visual capabilities that they've got. You know, the kind of uh, amazing visual output that they give. Um, that is something that we can definitely adopt for. Not that we have not been creating. We have got some of the best cinematographers who are trying to create that kind of uh, content. But, uh, uh, you know, the entire visual spectacle. In fact, I probably go to, I, I watch a English film or a Hollywood film specifically in a theater because it is a visual marvel for me. Right, right. You know, that is one of the reasons. The second is uh, uh, the research part. What we have been doing is, uh, and it's not a wrong way, just that, uh, you know, there is a scientific way of also doing research. So, for example, people in the Western uh, industries, they usually write a script. They have got uh, focus groups that happen. They have got uh, interviews that they do. So before the script even gets approved, there are a lot of people from random audiences who are picked up, who are told some part of the script. So, for example, the first 20 pages, you tell someone, you tell 20 people in a room, uh, uh, you get 20 people in a room, you tell them first 20 pages of a script, note their reaction, then get another 20 people in a room, tell them the next 20 pages of the script. That's how they usually have a scientific approach towards That's script right. writing, you know. So uh, they do interviews. Once the film edit is finalized, they again have fo focus groups, right? So they'll also get inside uh, the right kind of, they'll also get inside the right kind of uh, uh, or target audiences, show them some part of the film, uh, check their reaction. They've got sensors uh, that they put in their body. So they get to see how excited they are getting at a particular scene, how nervous, how anxious are they getting at a particular scene. So they've evolved to that level of storytelling. We have pro we still probably uh, take a lot of personal judgment and opinions in writing our stories. We just think I should be telling this story because this looks good to me or probably to my producer or to probably to my actor, which is not bad. Just that I think the scientific way is probably a little more evolved way. Uh, the third thing I think uh, that needs to be evolved is, uh, uh, is a very considerate understanding that uh, each film uh, is made for a certain target audience, right? Uh, right now, the way we look at films in general, we just think that every film is made for everyone, and that's how they are marketed as well. This you is know, every film is like this is about India, yes. Okay, right, right. So uh, you know, we want. So, for example, even when we are making independent films, we want them to get mass adopted, right? When we are making Salman Khan films, uh, we you you know people usually bash them a lot, but we need to understand that every kind of films uh, are not made for everyone. So there are certain films that are made for a certain segment of society and certain kind of user behavior. It's just like how every soap is not made for everyone, you know, not that you cannot use any soap, but there are certain things like right? there's dove, which is made for certain kind of uh, skin. There is, uh, uh, there is which is made for, there is Yama Dewell and there is X. Right. So every, right. So probably you might not want to use Lux right? because they don't target it at you. That doesn't mean that it's a bad soap. Uh, the right. same way uh, with the films, we need to have this very clear and concise understanding that films are made for a certain target audiences. Just because you are free on a Friday and you choose to enter a film uh, hall with a ticket because you want to have a good time and then you realize this film didn't click with you. It's not that that film is bad most of the times. It's because you are not the audience for it. And this is something that even the marketeers need to understand. They need to have a very targeted audience 
uh, when when they're going out i think the number one mistake is sometimes i see films that have flopped commercially but they're such nice films just right. that they were trying to reach out to a wrong audience altogether so that audience did, didn't respond right so we need to understand that there are multiple different types of uh, layers of audiences on basis of their intellectual depth on basis of their demographics who are going to take cinema in a very different way uh, probably i think that is something that um, especially america has cracked well they have made films that are especially especially say targeted at people who love thriller and they make films for uh, for those people keeping them in mind so those people uh, are the center of everything they don't market a film for everyone they, they never go out and say you should be watching it superhero films yes i understand superhero films because they are made at a large budget they wanted to be mass yeah they are just like the salman khan films in india they are made for a very specific audience uh, and a particular mood as well so i think that is something that we need to understand so one is of course uh, uh, the research part which is missing uh, which we need to uh, uh, be very much careful about uh, and probably see how can we use scientific ways of um, you know me telling a story the second is of course the visual part how can we make things visually more appealing how can we find out it's not just about location or cinematography it visuals go much more beyond than that and third part is about uh, uh, understanding the difference that not everything is made for everyone so how would you as a person you know say for example if you want to classify five different films according uh, according to five different audiences how would you do it say, okay. so say for example i have a movie named jai ho which is again a salman salman khan starer who, who who do you think is the correct target audience for the movie jai ho see uh, again uh, as i said that is not on me to decide on who is the target audience that is on uh, the writer and producer to decide who took a call of producing something like this they would have thought about this is going to be a target audience am i targeting people in sccb or sccc am i targeting ccca plus who am i targeting this entire uh, uh, you know right, range right, of right. people am i targeting tier 2 cities tier 3 cities because that is where probably uh, the following for salman khan is much more higher that is where people are looking at uh, no brainer content more so uh, what is that kind of an audience that comes in so understanding the age group their demographics their uh, economical factor the city that they are coming from all of those things are a very key part of making a marketing decision right so for me i think uh, uh if i have to decide divide it into five different tiers do i have not uh, thought about it but uh, the first would be children films completely missing market in india targeted at the kind of people you know people who are below 15 uh jinko hum log theater mein le jaake we are showing them films that we should not be showing them you know uh you know we are showing them stories that they are not enough mature to understand but we are just forcing them on those stories so because yes. and that is happening because we don't have that entire genre of children films ready so that is completely one division that you need to reach out to on the other end of spectrum uh, there there is a division where uh, you are trying to make independent films that are much more intellectually evolved right so intellectually evolved cinema also needs intellectually evolved audiences you can't show a, a a film that has a very different depth of writing to a person who doesn't understand those kind of conversations right right so uh, that is a separate second part of it then the third is the socially relevant cinema which is now picking up a uh, films and stories that tell something that classifies us as a better society right so those kind of things that need to come out as well so probably i i think the divisions will majorly happen in terms of how uh, and what intellectual and age level people are 
that would be a great uh, you know either dividing them intellectually or either dividing them by the kind of taste that they have probably by genres as well now since filmmaking has got multiple genres uh, in india we just ex- you know exploit three four five main genres so we have uh, biopics which are being exploited these days we have drama we have humor uh, we have r- romantic comedies coming up uh, and we have thrillers that are coming up right so we've just ha- had five buckets of telling stories but there are, if you just google about the kind of genres there are in filmmaking there are more than 50 genres in filmmaking we have had some um, touch and go with the sci-fi in india but that has never picked up in a big way there's a huge audience out there so many engineers who have uh, come who come out graduate each year you know that that audience in itself is running into millions each year sci-fi is a good zone to tap into but the only sci-fi that we create is krish 3 and i don't even find krish 3 at a wrong pace because that's a good cinema probably are at, at least targeted at children they exactly know what their audience is they don't want to you know uh, good marketing looks like this when the film automatically gets categorized and you as an adult don't want to watch it because you know it's a children film but it's right. not a film that's meant to you know but for children it's a good cinema it's something that they might uh, that they might enjoy but you might as an adult not enjoy i think that right. differentiation is very necessary have you watched extraction the chris hemsworth star movie No, no, it has been on my list, but I haven't watched it. So I'll yeah. just give you a brief about it. I think that's related to your mobile film project. I think you've come up with the project, right? The mobile film project. So there are a couple of video, a uh, couple of children who shoot the video, and that video Great. receives worldwide recognition. I believe Great. the mobile project is something related to that only, which bring, brings out a possibility of doing it in India. How Great. has been the response? How is it growing? Or what is the dimension that you're currently working on? Okay, so 2016 is when we introduced mobile category at IFP. When we told people that you don't need a DSLR or you don't need a professional camera, you can just have a mobile phone and you can start shooting, right? So, uh, and there are unlimited possibilities with a uh, this small device. It is much more powerful than almost 90% laptops on this planet, right? Uh, you can edit, you can render, you can uh, whatever you want. You know, Allah, correct. You can add sound. You can record, dub. You can do everything on this. And especially when you are wanting to tell a genuine story, um, and this is where ninety percent or probably a larger number of people get stuck. They have a story in head, but they always wait for the right kind of a crew. They always wait for right kind of equipments. I see people spending lakhs and lakhs behind telling a short story, which is their first film that they are trying to make. I tell them, why are you even wasting that money? Have a good story. Use a good mobile phone. Mobile phone can be used in a multiple ways, uh, in in multiple professional ways, uh, right? If if there's someone, I follow a lot of Instagram pages, people using mobile phones to create amazing A level videos. So mobile is capable of doing that. And these days, ever so more, it has been much. I, I'll say it is like jack of all trades right now. This right. Uh, entire device. Uh, so in 2016, when we started the mobile filmmaking challenge at IFP, and we introduced mobile as a category, and we told people to make films, that was something a lot of people had never heard of. So a lot of people who came back to us and said, you know, I will still participate in professional or amateur category because mobile category still sounds, you know, for amateurs. I don't want because mobile category is for students. Which amateur or professional would ever want to shoot on mobile? And last year, you won't believe we had highest participation coming in mobile category, and people with more than twenty years of experience making a film in mobile category. Now, this is a big thing. We just imagine. Uh, and so, what we did was we reached out to them and we asked them, you know, 
when you have the best of cameras you have them at your office or your home you own them why are you still making a film on mobile mobile is for those people who probably don't have equipments right uh, but why are you after having so many equipments still trying to make a film on mobile and the response we got the, uh, from a lot of people was that uh, you know for entire part of the year i use the best of film cameras to make a film but this is the only chance that i am going to get where i am going to use mobile as a device to record shoot and edit so why do i want to miss that chance because i want to explore mobile much more in 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 a particular way so i think that is what is now happening a lot of professionals are turning to using a mobile for telling stories that probably uh, are not commercial in nature so when they are not working on a proper advertising assignment and they still want to record something they use mobile so i think that is what mobile has been harnessing uh, so last year we saw more than 1000 films made at ifp on in 50 hours just on mobile filmmaking just using mobile uh, and participating in the mobile category so i've seen that entire trend 5 years back the conversation was uh, i am not a student hence i will not make a film on mobile to a place where now professionals are saying around the year i don't get a chance to shoot anything on a mobile so ifp is my only chance where i am going to shoot something on mobile and the quality of output that has been coming on mobile has been continuously also taking a notch up you know uh, these days you especially if you are watching a video on youtube or instagram on or on anywhere on your mobile you don't realize if it's made on a dslr or it's made on a mobile phone the quality is almost similar if you are using a high end mobile phone and the high end mobile phone is still cheaper than a dslr so that's the kind of joy that it brings to your life uh, one of my friend uh, her mother uses mobile to record short stories her mother might be somewhere around 70 so she puts out the camera uh, and uh, you know just with the proper apna uh, headset wala mic that she wears puts out the camera on a tripod and uses the back camera to record 10 15 minute uh, videos that she puts on youtube and she gets more than 1 million plus views for every video now just imagine someone who's 70 year old who probably 20 year old uh, 20 years back even didn't think about how uh, uh, they would ever create content they always thought that creating content was something that only karan johars and subhash guys used to do suddenly are creating content are getting 10 lakh people to watch them 10 lakh people to watch them is a big number most of the regional films and hindi films don't even get that kind of audiences right, right. right. so so i think I that is superlative power right so i believe you are from a technical background right you Yeah, I've done my electronics graduation. Right. So you were in you you know so it must have been a little jump from you to understand the business and uh, get into it. And you started to organize sales boot camps right now. So what is right. what is for someone who is going to attend that boot camp and how did you get in holding of it because you are not from that background? How are things going up? Right. Okay. So uh, sales boot camp is something that I've been trying to create for a longer time. So I realized that while I was trying to create India Film Project as an organization. the number one thing uh, that i could probably bank on was my selling skills you know i could do sales i could get brand like oneplus amazon unilever pepsico uh, diageo all of them to sponsor india film project and that is why probably we could create a huge community and right. survive for last 10 years otherwise if you see most of the festivals in india in this domain uh, they either are privately funded uh, by a huge industrialist or someone or probably are government funded there are hardly any self funded festivals happening in india because uh, and even if they are happening they don't survive for more than 2 to 3 years because the thing is they don't know how to sell 
and um, probably every year because i kept on doing the sales and i still make sure that i am the person who's leading the sales at ifp i realized that sales is a very critical part now uh, you know because i am in an entire group of those entrepreneurs and founders that i know and uh, uh, most of these people around me uh, a lot of them have had multiple startups that they started couple of them had failed ventures couple of them uh, started up did something for 2 3 years couldn't survive so went into uh, uh, corporate jobs i've seen that entire spectrum of people you know trying and failing as well some of them of course succeeding as well so whenever i have had this conversation with people why did you fail where did it went wrong where did you you know probably uh, couldn't pick up uh, then usual answers were uh, someone told me that i couldn't hire right kind of people someone said i couldn't invest a lot in research and development someone said i didn't uh, invest in marketing uh, and the number one reason that most of them couldn't invest was because they didn't have money right right now how does money come up see everything in an organization uh, you know right from your office rent to salaries to uh, your marketing budget to uh, r&d everything is expense right right now whenever you're starting an organization uh, the expenses are going to all, uh, keep on mounting you know the salaries are going to increase you're going to need a bigger office you need to, to invest more in marketing more in customer uh, support everything so whatever business you are into your expenses are always going to increase on the other side if sales is the only revenue that you have right so there is one revenue that you get and multiple expenses that are happening if you don't know how to conquer that revenue if you don't know how do you win over that revenue um, uh, cycle how are you going to pay for your expenses so eventually what happens is people initially pay from their pocket borrow from friends borrow from bank they'll do everything to keep afloat but the least thing that they pay attention is that they don't learn sales or they don't want to do sales or they think that sales is a bad word it's a dirty word i think that's a very common perception when you talk about sales they think about a salesman coming to your door and trying to sell you something that you don't need but sales is not that sales is exactly the other thing sales is what keeps you afloat it's the backbone and i realized that a lot of people uh, they don't uh, uh, either want to learn sales they don't uh, understand the importance of sales or uh, probably they don't know how to do it even if they want to do it they don't know how to do it so they have been doing it wrong so a lot of clients that they get a lot of work that they get comes from referral you know people keep on referring them but that's not a process you know people refer you just because of goodwill how long is that going to happen so i think uh, i realized that i uh, because i had gained knowledge and everything that i know about sales has come over my 10 years of experience of you know rushing between delhi bombay bangalore uh, trying to convince clients taking up late night flights early morning flights just because uh, i wanted to get that deal reaching there and then realizing that this deal is not going to happen trying my best to convince because i have spent entire day for something like this chasing someone for 3 months before i could even get to hear back from them so i've gone through that entire cycle multiple times uh, and then i thought probably people around me who haven't gone through that cycle uh, one thing that is missing is there is no one who is going to share there is no one who shares their experience there is no one who probably tells them how to do it the correct way right so uh, that's how i came up with this entire idea since last one one and a half year that i'd been toying so i started creating my notes i started uh, putting down down pointers i said okay this is something i want to uh, put across this is one experience i need to include so i started doing a lot of that into my um, into my notebook and uh, since i was down with covid i had nothing much to do except for some random office work so i thought this was good time for me to start preparing those notes into right. uh, boot camp and that's how the boot camp happens next week yes so every month uh, this will keep on happening it's a four day boot camp for people who want to join in uh, and learn more about sales it's 
meant for freelancers uh, because freelancers usually are the number one audiences who never think about sales they start with a business then they start getting references and then they get involved in this entire project uh, so in, in this entire pipeline where they just work on references so they stop uh, up, uh, uh, they don't believe a scientific process but they just keep on relying on references and someday the references are going to end and right but the sales is a process which is endless you can always keep on selling to newer and newer people in your geographies newer territories newer demographics it keeps on changing uh, in itself so it's targeted freelancers it targeted at uh, founders from different from young startups especially those who haven't figured out their sales yet it's targeted at agency people so uh, it's targeted at sales people who are new to this entire idea of sales and probably they're learning from their boss but this gives them a second perspective of about how does it work targeted at students who are trying to start something new so that's what my major audiences are for this Nice, nice. Uh, have you been getting good responses for it? Yeah, yeah. This is the first one, and I'm already. Um, I think by today evening I'll be done with my entire. Uh, the number that I thought about, I want these many people inside the room. Uh, for the first one, I think I will achieve it by today itself. I've got a lot of inquiries that have been coming in. Uh, for this. So I think you know the basic behind uh, the basic idea behind India Film Project is to get young talent, right? Young talent to make films or make music or whatever you know they want to whatever platform India Film Project is providing them. I also heard that you mentioned about a GoPro user, you know, from Assam shooting some video, and then a seventeen-year-old boy. Yes. Sorry. A seventeen-year-old boy. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd also mentioned in a post about quarter-life crisis. So how far do you think it is to like? having a keen eye for talent you know is that something a true actor or a filmmaker should strive for or uh, what is it what what, what idea you, do you have behind it the basic jump for quarter life crisis is one thing comparison every time you compare yourself on any ground with anyone else you will always feel bad about it and we have a human tendency that we always compare our, ourselves with someone who's better than us right okay. and every time you know that's what our parents have been doing for us that's what we are now doing for ourselves so we keep comparing ourselves and every time we compare say financially with someone with uh, in terms of relationship someone who's having a better career we keep on despising ourselves and that is something that uh, it's an endless thought that happens right. uh, especially it begins in 20s because when you start your 20s when you've gone into college you want to do something big you want to become the next big thing the country has seen you know you have aspirations you want to change millions of lives and then by the time you reach 25 26 you realize that currently your only uh, probably thing that you are surviving for is the emi that you want to pay nothing <laughs> else you're just paying your education loans and most of people just uh, probably end up Uh, working because they want to pay education loans. They right. work. Uh, they do things that they don't like. They meet and work with people whom they don't like. But they've been just doing it because out of majbori, right? And that is where this entire trigger starts. So uh, you are doing something that you don't like. Plus, you see people around you succeeding well, uh, getting married, people being in a stable career, stable relationships, and that starts uh, tinkling you down. It goes on up till mid thirties. Until you realize that sab kuch moh maaya hai, and then you realize that you know I am content with whatever I have achieved. I am at my own pace in life, and whatever next happens is something that's destined. I cannot uh, go against my destiny to do something like this. So I think that is the bigger idea of what quarter life crisis is. It is something that happens more in people, especially creators, especially people that I deal with at IF, because those are people who uh, usually work as freelancers. Now with freelancers, the thing is that. uh the work comes in 
waves sometimes you have a lot of work that comes in suddenly for next couple of months you don't have things uh, to do suddenly you will again see a lot of wave of work coming in and then again you are out of work so uh, when you are at the peak of the wave jab bahut sara kaam hai tab you feel that i am at the top of the world that's when people around you feel jealous of you when you are at the bottom most when there is no work for three continuous months you feel that everyone else is doing better but you are not doing good so creators fall a lot in this entire trap of quarter life crisis you know uh, just that we never had a term for it so we always said that 20 this difficult but now there is a term for it there is a term it, it's a crisis of course it's not a uh, crisis in a very literal sense but it is something that happens inside your brain that you don't understand why it is so while i was reading about it i found a very nice analogy about it uh, and why does it happen uh, there is a psychologist who said that as a kid you are told what to do and you follow that but when you become a young adult you don't know what to do and no one tells you what to do so everything you have to do you have to figure it out and that pushes you into completely unknown zone you know you only make mistakes because you don't know how to do it and what to do it and you don't have people around you who are going to guide you because people around you are also in the same boat they are also figuring out you know i have made mistakes in my life i have made financial mistakes in my life as well and i have just learnt out of it so probably now because i am in my early 30s i realize that everything back then which never looked un, you know things those things that looked daunting back then are not daunting anymore probably but i think at when i was 26 things looked much more worse than what it looks now so yeah so i experience i think you start automatically you know handling things with respect to the experience that you start gaining right right i'd agree so things keep on uh, and things fall in you know i am a firm believer that things fall in place sooner or later just that uh, you need to give them their own sweet time and um, you know what social media does is social media puts you into this endless loop every time you open the app every time you open the icon or you click on the icon and you see things you just see good things happening right you know certainly you see someone buying the best car that you can't afford someone going on a vacation you can't afford someone uh, probably having a loved one that you don't have so people just fall into this endless trap uh and every time you press that button you are subconsciously enrolling yourself for more crises in your life so i think that is what we don't realize we will never realize and probably that's our guilty pleasure i think i have just one last question for you yeah you raman players and plays are very much important in the western culture i think they somewhere have a hand in the indian culture as well and i think it has helped great actors you know it's a brushing platform where they brush themselves and then start moving forward in their career do you think right. current education system have can have some more contributions towards it in india where are we lacking there absolutely i think uh, so performing arts when you say talk about theaters performing arts is something that we don't teach in school most of the right. times i remember i used to be a kid i directed my first play when i was in 5th standard so i would be roughly 9 year old 9 or 10 year old and ever since then every year i used to direct uh, uh, keep on directing plays up till my uh, under graduation so uh, i think in the third year of my college i directed my last play and i got interested into it because i was forced when i was in fifth standard a teacher of my forced me into being a part of a play and i had no choice and i had a character i was the thinniest and the tiniest kind of uh, class and they wanted someone who is who looks like a kid so probably i they just told me that you need to be part of this i had no choice to make back then and when i was on the stage i enjoyed it i enjoyed this entire experience of people clapping for me i enjoyed how i was interacting with people i was so impromptu and there was this uh, underlying fear 
which was constant while I was on the stage to perform. That fear was, it's like, you know, you can't speak about it, but you know, those thousands of eyes in your school are right now looking at you and one mistake and then you are going to become something uh, people are going to make fun of. So yeah, so mockery. So I think that is where uh, uh, my initial learning happened that how important it is to keep performing every time. You know, not just on play, but even in life, you need to take decisions. You need to have that basal fear that if I don't perform, uh, I might make mockery of myself. Just that uh, the, at that particular time, there were thousands of people. This time, it's going to be much more bigger audience who's going to look right. and laugh at right. you. Right. So I think that is, uh, uh, and it, it's a it's a good fear to have. You know, when you are on the stage, it's a basic thing to have across with you. It's um, so it's I have nervousness. Yeah, it's a it's a good nervous good nervousness to have. You know, I just think that uh, if this was also taught to a lot of people along with me, or if this was a part of professional curriculum or my uh, you know student studies back then, it would have helped all of us, not just me, but probably my entire batch uh, uh, in 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 expressing themselves better. You know, whenever you are on stage, you become a better person at expressing. You know, right. you know how your hands need to move. You know how your voice gets modulated. All those learnings that happen specifically when you have climbed that stage. So, uh, for me, I've and when you said about the Western culture, you're very right. In Western culture, the thing is that the plays are still broadly accepted and respected. Not that we don't have enough plays happening in India. We still have a lot of plays that uh, that happen. You know, I don't know if uh, you've been following, but see, Gujarati plays is a huge industry yeah, in itself. Right. Marathi plays is a huge industry. Uh, you have Malayalam plays which happen, Kannad plays which happen, and they've got their own stories. They've got their own audiences, and people do pay and go there. Just that the audience is too small, and uh, the people on the other side they don't probably make enough money that they invest more into better writing. So I think just that uh, plays for uh, at, at least for our generations have got downplayed. Uh, you know. Probably, I, I'd say 30, 40 years ago, plays were one of the primary mediums for entertainment. Right, right. We couldn't take it up uh, the way Western countries could. Even a Broadway costs you much, much more than what a film ticket would cost you. You know, I don't know if you've been to this place, uh, Kingdom of Dreams in Gurgaon. Right, uh, right. Kingdom of Dreams is a professional play, play setup. Yeah, and right, right. the the farthest most seat costs you somewhere around 2500 and right. if you want to tap the seats in the first line, you need to pay somewhere around 25,000 rupees for two hours of show. What a beautiful show that they, they've created. And then it's almost like a great technically produced Broadway happening in front of you. It actually at a point, it feels as if it's surreal and it's a film that is being played. The kind of production they can invest because people are ready to pay. You know, uh, our understanding is that films are cheaper uh, and still as much entertaining than plays are you know you can actually watch a film for less than 10 rupees in india but you can't watch a live play for 10 rupees you need to shell out at least 200 300 500 rupees for doing that so we started downplaying that entire industry uh, back then um, i you know the play uh, or the theater industry uh, is such an important thing now just think from this point of view that a lot of people who are coming up as actors right now have come from that kind of a background and hence you know people from nsd who came across who have been doing like if you talk about uh say for example pratik gandhi who just came out of scam okay, right, right. What, what an amazing artist that he is on screen uh and even off screen 
just because he has done plays for more than 15 20 years i have seen him doing plays back then when he used to do plays in gujarati then there is a play that he does in three different languages across uh, across three different hours so 4 o'clock he does the same play in gujarati 6 o'clock he does it in hindi and 8 o'clock he does it in english no actor no bollywood actor can do something of this sort it's only because theater gives that you that kind of confidence you know so uh, i've heard this very often that when two actors on uh, a set are uh, you know trying to work together uh, and if one of them is the theater artist it becomes very difficult for the other person to match because the theater artist has the confidence camera is nothing for him because he's performed in front of 5000 people versus you know a person who's only used to perform in front of camera uh, for him camera is everything so he, they're going to keep camera at the focus of how they want their audience to make uh, you know to feel but a person who is from the theater in front of camera they don't care about the camera they just think that there is an audience who is sitting out there and they're just performing for the audiences hence you just find that very stark difference in the kind of performances that they deliver even if you know uh, make the list of every nsd pass out every theater actor who is out there who is in indian industry right now and see all of them have got remarkable performances so that has come because they have been trained this way uh, and what you said makes perfect sense not probably in school if we can teach people about performing arts nothing like it but not in school even if in their undergraduation we can teach people about performing art that's a huge 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 leap that people are going to personally experience you know someone who is learning chemistry for no reason because uh, they might never end up using those skills in rest of their life but performing arts is something that we are going to always use as you know it's it's being said that world I mean, is a stage you're always going to have usage of that arts that we're going to learn right right so here i think i am done i think i have learned a lot about the indian film industry about how india film project what are the new upcoming projects that you guys have and everything thank you so much thank you for taking out time and being here